Hello, and welcome to the Super Gay Wedding Podcast. I'm Cindy Savage, real queer wedding planner at ILS Traveled. And I'm Amanda Summerlin, super gay wedding photographer at Amanda Summerlin Photography. We're wedding pros who are gay as fuck. And we're talking about wedding shit from an LGBTQ perspective. Super gay wedding! Fuck yeah! Woo! All right. All right. Here we are. Time to... Wait, I gotta start a timer. It's time to record some pre-show banter. Let's do it. Find the timer. Start. Okay, you got 10 minutes. What do you want to talk about? Well, um, you sent me this article the other day with the headline, Nearly a third of lesbian couples are rejected or have problems with wedding vendors. Because fuck those assholes. Does this surprise you at all? Um, no, considering the emails that I get from people, I mean, I'm, I get them pretty regularly from couples that are having a hard time finding photographers that aren't fucking assholes. I'm not surprised at all. Um, what does surprise me, though, is that the article goes on to say that 30% of female couples, but only 11% of male couples say they were rejected by their vendor. I'm surprised at the difference between... Hmm. Why do you suppose that is? Um, I don't know. I mean, my, my, I actually would have expected it to go the other way because I feel like homophobia is stronger towards gay right? men than it is towards gay women for the most Although, part. Although I have to wonder, I mean, cause they're not breaking this down by, um, um, what word am I looking for? Man, lack of sleep. Location? No, not location, but like, I mean, location is relevant, but also I think that um, lesbians are probably more likely than men to sort of bend gender a little more. Yes. I think that is. I I wonder if, if. I'd say they're a lot lot more likely. Yeah. I wonder if more masculine presenting lesbians have a harder time. Because, I mean, you know, one of the more popular hashtags out there right now is two brides are better than one. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's like everybody, everybody, when you, when you go into like a photography group and they start talking about, you know, how to, how to, how to photograph gay couples, how to mm-hmm. photograph LGBTQ couples, they're always like, oh, I just want two dresses. And I don't know, but I mean, I'm totally mm-hmm. just talking out my ass here. Cause yeah. I have no idea about the statistics on that. I'm just making a wild guess here. No, that's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting guess because I do think so much of now, of course, this is my opinion. And uh, I don't know. I don't need to put a disclaimer in my opinion on this podcast. This whole podcast is our opinions, I guess. <laughs> I, I personally think that all homophobia is rooted in sexism. Oh yeah, definitely. So and stealing gender. what you say makes a lot of sense to me because Gay men, for the most part, are still doing maleness right, according to society. Yeah, where uh, and and we all know that uh, any any man who presents as more feminine is subject to much more abuse, for sure. And um, gay women are a lot less likely to live up to our cultural feminine ideals. So that's an interesting thought. Yeah. There's some other interesting statistics in this article. And by the way, this article is for everybody who's listening from lgbtqnation.com. And the title of it, and we'll have it in the show notes, is Nearly a Third of Lesbian Couples Are Rejected or Have Problems with Wedding Vendors. You may have said that already, but... Um, it's okay. Right. And now, now it's easy for whoever's listening to search it. Yeah. 
And um, it's so not the study an old was, article. It's, it's no, it's new. this week. Yeah, this week. Which yeah, the art. Oh no, it is actually a year old from June twenty ninth, twenty seventeen. Okay, but still, that's pretty. However, recent. that's still two uh, years so after marriage study. equality became nationwide. Yeah, I think I vaguely so, remember reading about this last year on the Knot. Actually, now that I am putting it all together, that's probably true. Um, but I mean, they republished it. It came through my um, Facebook feed, and I was like, "Wait, Never let me look at that." Content. Yeah. Um, hey, so what's really cool? Question that okay. I will you will give to you. I promise I'll give you time to speak. That's fine. Um, I was going to ask. So uh, that may just made me think of the term evergreen content, which is like a thing we talk about when we're on mm-hmm. the internet is how you can repurpose older content, particularly on social media. And it's fine, but that's not what I wanted to talk about. Evergreen content made me think of things lasting forever, which leads me to the question I want to pose. Uh-huh. Do you think there will ever be a time in humanity when LGBTQ people are not discriminated against, regardless of what laws eventually get passed to attempt to ensure our equality do we have that capacity as humans what do you think? no not a bit well prior prior <laughs> to prior to i thought your answer would be a little more nuanced than that but okay no uh well you know prior to the election i would have said oh of course um mm. humanity is moving in a positive direction blah 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 and i blame that naive sort of perspective on the world on gene roddenberry 100 percent You know, I'm a kid who grew up watching Star Trek and, you know, the enlightened world of space travel and all that, you know, lovely, lovely fiction that we could, we could evolve and be better. And then after the election, I've spent a lot of time studying history and we're just in a, in a very, very repeated pattern of the downfall of a an empire and uh, this happens and you know I, actually i i will i will um temper that by saying that it's not too late and we could recover but it really <laughs> depends on people giving enough of a shit to vote and the powers that be have done such a good job splintering all the special interest groups that we can't mobilize as a unit as well as their homogenous group can because they can mobilize their they they have everything in common whereas all of the various minority groups in the country they have the fact that they're a minority in common and that's the end of it we all have different needs i mean ultimately we all have the same need but we're splintered right but and and also you know there is there's discrimination from one minority group exactly another minority group because exactly the inherent bias in our culture for example uh-huh. um you and i are white and we've you know grown up in a culture where white supremacy is kind of a thing right so as white people who happen to be queer we're in the lgbtq minority mm-hmm. but we've grown up with racial bias yeah and, you know, there's the the flip side of that is people who are not white have grown up, um, you know, being discriminated against because of their skin color, but they may also have been raised to hate gay people. Mm-hmm. Well, also, I mean, even with our, own, I our own community. on the internet yesterday. So, 
uh, you know, even with our, within our own community, within the LGBTQ community. And it's like, there's, there's letters LGBTQ, right? Yeah. Gay, bi, trans and queer or questioning, depending on how you want to do that. Even within this community, the most transphobic people on the planet are fucking gay people. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's TERFs and, Ugh. and then. <laughs> I think, uh, I, th- I think that's not a well-known acronym, so I'm going to tell you all what TERF stands for. That stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. Now, first of all, it also really just means these bitches do not deserve assholes. the label feminist because feminists believe in equality, and that includes for transgender women. Right, who are women. TERFs don't believe they're women. A TERF is probably the person I was talking to on the internet yesterday. Oh yeah, that label did not come up in conversation but i wouldn't be surprised well oh perhaps she doesn't consider herself a feminist what do i know but (laughs) but turfs no go the fuck away right but i mean and that's the problem is that there's there's like so many ways yeah that we break down and and then, you know, there's so much apathy right, right. about voting in general. Um, yeah. You know, when you've got like, what is it, 25% of the population deciding the fate of the entire nation? I think and it's around 30, but yeah. But, but yeah, is, somewhere. Is it that high? I mean, that's, that's pretty, pretty I, The last thing I thought lower. I saw stuck in my brain is something around 30%. But in any way, yeah, two thirds to three quarters of the population is, that is of voting age, eligible. Mm vote is just not fucking doing it so if that's you and you're listening right now i really want to shame you and yell at you but instead (laughs) of doing that i'm gonna say i'm gonna try really hard to forgive you since i don't know who you are it won't really matter so much but what i would love for you to do is to pause this podcast right now and go make sure you're registered to vote we have a well Here's Midterm election coming up in November. Um, and that's, you know. So, but here's the thing statistically, yeah. 65%, closing in on 70% of the nation, when you poll them, is not homophobic. Yeah. But you have a small number of people who are controlling everything. And it's, it's more than and that. They're the ones are, there's our timer. Our 10 minutes is up. Damn, that was fast. Well. Quack, quack, quack. Shut that duck up. Shut the duck up. Shut that duck the fuck up. Why won't it stop? I don't know. Okay. Well, we're out of time to banter about this today. So who are we Um, talking to today? Who are we talking to today? Today, um, right on topic, we are talking to Kirsten and Maria Palladino. And they run, they founded and run the website Equality, equally, equally wed. wed. I'm sorry, equally wed. It's about equality. That's why that word's right. in my brain. Um, so that's who we're going to talk to today. Yeah, I'm excited because they're freaking cool. It's going to be great. Totally. So let's get them on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you don't know where I'm going to fade this in, so. I never do. I never do. That's true. <laughs> so uh, Amanda does the editing and I do the show notes. So I sort of never know, like, what is she plops the finished edit episode down in my lap and I just listen to it again and figure out what what is even happening. So you, do, no, well. you don't ever know where Amanda's gonna start this bullshit. Okay. <laughs> that sounded pretty good right there, actually. 
right here is where we're starting it. So um, let's start with, would you two each introduce yourselves so that the people who cannot see your faces while you're talking might recognize which voice is whose as you're speaking? Okay, I'm Kirsten Palladino, and I am the co-founder and editorial director of Equally Wed. And I'm Maria Palladino, and I'm the co-founder and creative and technical director of Equally Wed. Woo, that sounds pretty fancy. We're really happy to have you here, and we are going to be talking about Equally Wed on an upcoming episode of this podcast, so be sure and check back for that one later, because I promise you're going to want to hear all about it. But today we're not talking about Equally Wed. We're talking about how Kirsten and Maria got themselves Equally Wed to each other. Mm-hmm. How do you like that segue? It's good, right? That was so <laughs> like butter. Um, so tell us how you met each other and how long you've been together and why you decided to get married and plan a wedding. Uh, we met in a bar <laughs> on lesbian night. Uh, as as we do in our community, and uh, we met in 2003, and I was in a summer fling relationship, and Maria um, thought that I was in a serious relationship, and I thought there's no way she could be single, so uh, I figured she's in a long distance relationship, and it took many months uh, until we uh, finally started dating in February 2004, oh, wow. and we've been together ever since. So that's. 14 years. Yeah. <laughs> and then we married in June 2009. That's a long, oh. long time. That's a long time. <laughs> I'm st- Are you making a bad joke there? No. I just <laughs> truly, I struggle to comprehend anything. Um, the early 2000s still feel like last year to me. So when you say I got, we got together in 2004, I'm like, cool. Yeah. They've been together a little bit. And then you say it's 14 years. And I'm like, no, what? I don't think that's possible. And then I do the math. I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. That's true. Okay. That's all it is. It it surprises us too, especially because we, we got together in our early twenties and that means that we are a lot significantly older than we were. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably, that is how 14 years works. Let's not name numbers. No numbers here. So you see, you say you were married in 2009. Yeah. So this is pre-ruling. How did you guys go about planning all of that? I mean, where did you do it really more than anything? Um, well, we, uh, we wanted to get married where our friends and family could congregate. Mm-hmm. And since we live in Atlanta, Georgia, that's what we wanted um, our venue location to be. Uh, Maria's family is in, mainly in Florida, so it was an easy drive for them. And though marriage equality was not uh, offered in Georgia at the time, it was important for us to go ahead and have our wedding here in Atlanta. And we chose a venue called uh, the Mary Gay House. <laughs> it's, um, Don't it, think it's I'm familiar with that space. Yeah, <laughs> it's the Mary Gay House in Decatur, Georgia, and it's supported uh, by the Junior League, and Mary Gay was a writer who observed a lot of what was going on in the Civil War, and her writings were one of the inspirations um, for Margaret Mitchell's Gone with the Wind. So as a writer, I was connected with that, and then um, as a a couple on a budget, we connected with their venue fee. (laughs) (laughs) 
That is beautiful right there. And it was, we love the space too. And we were, we were only having 75. It ended up being about 70 something people. Mm -hmm. Um, We invited up to maybe 85. Um, So the space worked. It had like a patio green space and um, an inside space and whatnot. So uh, it worked, but it it was just everything kind of fit together in regards to the name and then the historical value of it as well. Right. Yeah. We had an outdoor garden wedding on the backside on the patio. Uh, It was June. So it was hot. And I tried very hard to be nice to people uh, <laughs> while getting ready, uh, but it it was hot, and I didn't <laughs> I didn't plan for that. Yeah. I wore my hair There's... up for that reason, and one of our um, best friends was uh, out spraying for mosquitoes before the ceremony. Oh, and Georgia, uh, yeah, we did our best. Georgia, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, was it was hot. It was good. <laughs> Such a beautiful state yeah. in the summer. We just love it so yeah. much. <laughs> I know it was it was lush and beautiful. It was like six p.m., so you know the greenery was all really nicely lit. But uh, it was it was warm. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, but we had covered. we had an indoor outdoor reception uh, too, so that helped people being able to come into inside and cool off. Very important. I, I smell a story here. Um, there's <laughs> there's something that you're glossing over. Uh, no, no i struggle uh, to be nice she said yeah no, no I don't, think <laughs> don't we all struggle to be nice when we're hot yeah. though i was yeah, literally just yeah, telling amanda I, how cranky i am when i'm too hot <laughs> no i i think i might have been a little rude to my future mother-in-law when she was trying to come in when i was getting ready and i i pushed the door shut um like no like, i'm not done and i'm sweating um but uh uh, but we, you know, we, we already had a good relationship and we, that, that didn't seem to um, create any problems. But I've always felt like I turned into a bit of a, um, a bitch right before uh, the, the ceremony. Well, you know, there's a lot going on besides the hot. There's a lot of stress and, you know. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so I think that's fair. You didn't, you didn't burn down any buildings or anything. Right? No, no, no. Yeah. I try to just keep it um, focused on myself <laughs> i mean you know the anger <laughs> there's not a viral video or anything that's good that's- <laughs> no. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah but it was short-lived and then uh you know my uh, my dad my brother walked me down the aisle uh, my dad had passed away eight months before oh, we wow. got married so uh my brother escorted me and i don't know i mean yeah. it was it was a beautiful I don't know. It was a beautiful day. It's so long ago, but it feels like kind of like just yesterday, especially when we look back at pictures, we, we both wore white. I wore what I, um, my most princessy gown that I could find that, uh, that fit me. And, uh, and I said to fit me because I was, you know, I think one of the interesting things, and I keep meaning to write an article about this, but, um, I am curvy, plus sized, overweight, uh, and I was so scared about going to wedding um, wedding dress stores, uh, bridal boutiques, because I'd heard all the sample sizes were way too small. I knew that that, that was not going to be fun for me. I, I didn't want to um, pretend, you know, and, but then you just go over my hips and, and feel... I just didn't want to feel that. So I went to David's Bridal and I had a wonderful experience, although many people in the LGBTQ community do not. But I went to two different David Bri- David's Bridals in Atlanta 
and I had a great experience. They were all about hearing about my future wife and and I was able to try on dresses that um, that fit me right away and be able to have that emotional moment, not like, you know, oh, I, I'm not the standard size. So that's wonderful. Uh, yeah, I loved it. And I loved my dress. And um, I ended up spending way below budget at, for that. And wow, uh, it was it was great. I mean, honestly, like, I think my dress cost $300. Like, that, uh, that's very good. It's amazing. It, it was good. And one of the things that I uh, kind of motivated me in that area was there was some, you know, well-known photographer at the time who said, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, I mean, if your, your dress can look nice in person, but it's the photos that are going to make the real difference on how, how it looks. Uh, and I'm not saying that correctly. And mm-hmm. maybe you can think of a nicer way to say that, Amanda, but, um, as a photographer, but, uh, my the photography would preserve would make my wedding dress look more expensive than it was mm-hmm. maybe and uh, that I, I wasn't concerned with the cost of it um i definitely didn't want it to look cheap uh, but it wasn't the i wanted to wear something that i felt beautiful in and that's what i got yeah so to me it didn't matter how much it cost or where it came from it, it worked for me. Well, that, so. that thing you just said right there is the key. If you feel beautiful, right, then you project confidence and you are beautiful. Um, yeah. And that that's where all that kind of photography thing interplays. If I can make a, a person feel confident and feel beautiful, then they become beautiful. Just like that. Yeah. And, and, and what uh, surroundings and clothing mm-hmm. have very little to do with anything other than your, the way you project yourself. Absolutely. I think that's key. Mm-hmm. And also we did spend a small fortune on our photographer. There you go. Um, and I think, I think that that is where um, a good portion of the wedding budget should go mm-hmm. because, you know, you're, um, that's what you preserves your memories for your wedding. Not, not just for your generation, but for, you know, offspring you know even if you don't have kids as a couple your nieces and nephews or you know anyone looking to um you know read up on your personal history or people walking into your home and you have the photos displayed that that evokes so much emotion that we knew we didn't want to skimp on that area yeah and yeah yeah so uh and then maria wore a um a very handsome white suit Right, which I wouldn't do now, but... Oh, really? What, what would I, you do now? I, you know, I, we would do it totally, not totally different, what but a lot of things time? differently. Um, I don't know. I guess once we're in the wedding world, you know, we started doing Equally Wed after we got that right back from our honeymoon. Mm-hmm. You're, you, I mean, thousands and thousands of pictures we go through for all these weddings that we feature. Um, and there's just so much inspiration and so many other options. Yeah. So I probably would... I just don't, I don't, I look at the pictures and love them, but at the same time be like, oh, I wouldn't have worn that. I need, my hair should have been this way. I, you know, I would have done maybe different, you know, I liked her flowers. I liked her photography, music. There's a lot of things. But yeah, I probably would have done, for June, I might've done a light gray suit. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably would have like embellished more with some accessories like pocket square suspenders, things like that. Yeah. But you know, I've, I've also grown as a person and, and within my gender over the past 10 years too, so. Well, and within the past 10 years, there's been so much 
basically radical change for LGBTQ couples within the sphere of weddings that in 2009, what lesbian wedding inspiration was out there pretty much was exactly what you're talking about. One person wore a white dress and the other person wore a white suit or we both wore white dresses or we both wore white (laughs) suits. Like that's just what was happening. We had had a very 2009 wedding. Yeah, you know, style change at that yeah. point. I mean, our colors were raspberry and sage. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. raspberry and celery. Uh, celery. That's very celery. Different. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, but styles changed so quickly. Like, we launched Equally Wed. We, we, we did the work for it, um, you know, some in 2008, but um, most of the work we did all throughout 2009. And then we launched in March 2010. And that same month, I was on the phone with Randy Finoli interviewing him for one of our first issues, and and he was like, oh, pickups are so out of style, and that's exactly what I had in my wedding gown, and I was like, oh, fuck, I've already gone out of style, so, um, you know, like, it, things are changing so fast. I mean, now I would totally go for the boho look. I'd probably wear a flower crown, and, uh, you know, it, but, and I think that's- I think there's 20 you know, minutes left on that style. Person. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, know, I know mason jars and sunflowers, but um, I love them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't choose those, because, but they are gorgeous, and I, I would say that a good thirty percent of the weddings submitted to us involve sunflowers and mason jars and burlap. Uh, yeah. No, you know it's still the gorgeous. Club. It you know it is. Yeah, the it that, is that we forget in the wedding industry, and this is a tangent, but I, and I apologize, but it's like we forget that even though we've seen hundreds of weddings. Our couples right. are still having their first one. Right. And, and ultimately it doesn't, it doesn't matter if your wedding looks like 837 other weddings. Mm. Yeah. No. no, absolutely. It just doesn't matter. I mean, right. what part of your personal expression isn't also worn by someone else in the universe? Like, unless you are making your own clothes, which very few of us do. <laughs> but I'm, I do on occasion. I'm on my I know, but you said about us. I'm thinking, hmm. Very few of us do. <laughs> You're like everybody owns the t-shirt. You're not everybody, but uh, lots of other people own the t-shirt. You're, you're not dictating the trends in any space. And there's no reason to think that weddings would be an exception from that. Right. You are, you can, to, there's an extent to which you can only choose from what's made available by the vendors who are out there. And those vendors are following the trends of what's happening. And your wedding doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's happening at a particular point in time. And that's going to be reflected in what you wear and what colors you choose and, you know, what the Pantene color of the year is and all. Right. <laughs> exactly. Very nicely expressed. I love that. Exactly. So, so you know what? Just, just don't worry about it. Just do what makes you happy. And who cares if it's not trendy three years from now or if it's not trendy right now? right yeah absolutely yeah. no it's it's it, that yeah you couldn't have said it in any better than that so um so let's think back so. to wedding planning you touched on you know uh looking for your dress and expecting that to be hard and finding it to be easy so what was actually the hardest part of planning for you guys hmm. oh gosh I mean there's a lot of probably details that were we're mildly hard when it but it's just general for any couple mm-hmm. you know picking the right caterer finding the people you mesh with um, yeah. that will have a menu or, or a florist that knows what you want. Um, I think as an LGBTQ couple, it's, it's that, especially for me, cause I'm obviously, I'm a little bit more concerned about what people might think or wh- how they're going to accept us, especially 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the, the, the worry of approaching every single vendor, not knowing what they're going to say or what they're going to think or who's, who's the bride, who's the groom, 
before they even meet us what they're going to yeah. expect once they meet us. So I think that was um, that was probably the biggest step. But that we're in Atlanta, so it wasn't you know terribly difficult. We knew which vendors to stay away from or which ones that we well, we didn't we didn't know yeah, but we know we're not going to go to Monroe and try to find our caterer. You guys pretty much stay. stayed inside the perimeter, right? right. The cater area. Right. Yeah. And, and wait heavily on, um, you know, recommendations as everybody in a sense mm-hmm. should for a lot of mm-hmm. cases as well. Yeah. So I don't, but yeah, what was one of our bigger struggles? Well, um, you know, I think that, you know, having to come out again and again to every single vendor we talked to, uh, I wanted to make sure that, and this just, I guess, me but like let me let me reject you before you reject me kind of thing and so uh it was i put out there in emails or voicemails this is a same-sex wedding i'm getting married to a woman give me a call back if you'd like to work with us and i i often did not receive callbacks Mm -hmm. or um or email replies or when i did get email replies sometimes uh jesus was invoked (laughs) and email and so i definitely felt (laughs) <laughs> I felt that um, it, we were in this weird territory, and I also, I, I was in a bit of a bubble at, before then, because yeah, I have worked in the media since um, 2001 in some regards, and, and so I had, and I had written for wedding publications, and I had not noticed at all that there was a lack of coverage of LGBTQ people. Mm-hmm. At, it just it just hadn't occurred to me and then so when maria proposed in 2008 and i started you know going i went to well, barnes and noble at the time and and got online i really couldn't find anything that spoke to us as a as a modern um lgbtq couple and i realized then that we were poorly represented mm-hmm. in the wedding media uh, especially and that led to me being more wary calling vendors than I normally would have been because I realized that, you know, we didn't have marriage equality and, and people, you know, the, uh, the polls were set against us in terms of who favored same-sex marriage in this country. Yeah. And, and, and all of a sudden I felt very, um, exposed for lack of a better word of, of, of lacking those rights. And I don't know, I just, we had been living in this, nice little town of Atlanta, Georgia and going to pride and being celebrated and, you know, kissing in public. And, and there was some discrimination, of course, but it, I never felt it so hot on the back of my neck until we started planning our wedding. Yeah. You know, it wasn't that long prior to your wedding that Georgia amended the constitution to say that marriage was between a man and a woman. So it's kind of interesting because the, especially when you're in the community, you realize that there are definitely two Georgias because there's Atlanta and then there's the rest of the state and there is Mm -hmm. a a bubble. Um, So when you started doing all this, is that sort of where Equally Wed was born then? Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we, because it was hard to, it was not only hard to find vendors who wanted to work with us, it was hard to navigate which vendors to contact at all because I, I didn't like getting my heart broken and, and mm-hmm. I felt already that I had been let down by my own media industry. And so we wanted to, we realized that there was this lack of a huge void really in the, in the wedding media landscape. And so Maria is a graphic designer and web developer. And I 
have, um, I was a professional writer and editor, so we decided to just put our talents together. We'd already worked together on a few different projects and decided to come up with an uh, online wedding magazine for LGBTQ couples. And then we had planned to go to print as well, but um, that just never came to fruition because the more we talked to investors and mm-hmm. everybody saying print was dead, which was so sad because I, I come from a print background and I love print, but nobody wants to invest in it. So we've stayed online and that's been okay yeah, with us. That works well. um, with the extension of the book. So you do oh, get to print with equally wet yeah. in some form. So I did. Yeah. I got a, a book deal in awesome. 2015. Well, I got the book deal in 2016 and then, uh, and then it was published in 2017. Neat. Yeah, about the time you guys were doing all this, I think the only resource there would have been would have been the gay yellow pages, right? Are they even in existence anymore? Do you know what I'm talking about? The gay yellow pages? I know what you're talking about. I think they're still, I feel like they're still around. We try to pick it up every time we see it around town. Um, I'm not sure currently, but well, there was a couple other, if we're saying dot coms, there were a couple other dot coms that existed that were specific to LGBTQ. I just remember picking up the actual physical book. And like, yes. you know, walking out of a sushi restaurant or whatever downtown, right. you know, <laughs> I haven't lived oh, at, a downtown since around 2000, around 2000, actually. So, yeah, yeah I mean, you, that, that was available in Chicago around that hmm, time, too. I think all the major cities. The, yeah. the gay gala pages? We probably have an old Yeah, yeah I know we always picked up a copy of Pride. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we did, have, there were a couple of resources out there when we were thinking about doing Equally Wed, we just didn't see them. Yeah. So we, uh, they came more in front of a, you know, our, came to our knowledge after we launched Equally Wed. Uh, and that was, uh, gaywedding.com and the Rainbow Wedding Network. Mm-hmm. Are you guys familiar with that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's talk yeah. about the, the, the mechanics of your wedding then. Um, like, uh, what traditional things did you keep and what did you ditch? Did you have a wedding party? Things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we um, were, I guess, fairly traditional mm-hmm. in some regards. Um, we, uh, Kirsten knew she wanted to walk, you know, singularly, I guess, with a brother or her dad. Unfortunately, he couldn't be there, mm-hmm. her dad. Um, but wanted to walk down the aisle. I, I had no interest in walking down the aisle. I wanted to be more at the end of the aisle waiting for her with our minister, um, we did decide that we wanted to have kind of a representation of religion or spirituality with a minister. Mm-hmm. So we had found one um, from the MCC church at that time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there was those elements, you know, we wanted to have traditional floral arrangements and um, catering of typical wedding venue. I proposed, um, I didn't want to be proposed to. We had a lot of those elements. Yeah. Um, and then I guess there was just some things we broke on tradition. Like we didn't do, for obvious reasons, we didn't do the father-daughter father daughter dance. Um, Kirsten's father was not with us. And I just, I wasn't, I thought it was going to feel weird to me in a certain sense. And I'd rather just enjoy my parents and my father in, in different regards, you yeah. know, having a drink together or whatever we're doing at the wedding. Um, <laughs> you know, having, I don't know what we had. We had some separate liquor for him. So uh, <laughs> behind the bar type of thing. Um, and then, yeah, so what other, I mean, I yeah. specifically broke from tradition in some ways. Well, we, um, we had, you know, I mean, we're a butch femme couple, so we did a lot of like 
maybe like butch femme traditions. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like we had, Maria had a bachelor party. I had a bachelorette party. And then we met up at the end of the night at a hookah bar. That was fun. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I ha my friends threw me a bridal shower and Maria didn't get anything. But uh, <laughs> no, it, it's, fine. it's not because her friends aren't awesome. Just, not even any just scotch or anything. That's just sad. <laughs> I, you know, I actually, I did at the like batch party. Yeah, all right. I did. Yeah. Yeah. A couple friends that like, gave really cool things. Yeah. So I really, uh, yeah, for and, ask and yeah. stuff. So, yeah. And the bridal shower gifts were for us anyway. They were off our wedding registry. But uh, and then we had. Let's see. I threw my bouquet. Maria wore a boutonniere. Yeah. And actually, I didn't even throw my bouquet. My uh, florist made me a, um, a toss bouquet mm -hmm. so that I could throw that and keep my 300-pound bouquet um, for myself. <laughs> I had no idea they would be so heavy. They are brutal. Um, they really they? are. <laughs> so heavy. So heavy. Yeah, so here's a pro wedding tip. Do some bicep curls before you have to carry a bouquet, right? right? <laughs> Absolutely. Carry around no, something the week before. Right. A really. Six pack or something. Yeah. Carry around five dictionaries. <laughs> low. Too. Um, you're not supposed to carry it up high. You're supposed to carry it down low. So try it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah the rule is the rule is you. Uh, this is what I tell people. You hold hold it at your belly button, not in your boobs, not in your crotch, at your belly button. Right. Yes. That gets him in the rain. So I, 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 I'm gonna write that down. Yeah. <laughs> not your boobs, not your crotch. Hold it at your belly button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, we had. Um, my uncle did a reading. He read a poem. Uh, one of Maria's friends did a reading. Because we uh, we have a ton of like we have a ton of best friends that we feel very close to, but because our audience size, uh, you know, our guest count was so small, we didn't want to take you know a large portion of them and put them up standing with us. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we only chose one attendant each, uh, my best friend from childhood and Maria's sister. Yeah. Well, well my one sister that lived oh, in town, so it'd be true. easy for her to participate. Maria's one of seven. So. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We talked a little bit earlier about how you might have dressed differently or whatever, but let, let's talk about the whole, the wedding day as a whole. Um, how do you feel like it went? And is there anything you'd like to do differently if you could do it again? Especially now with all of your knowledge, you know, you guys are like super insiders in the wedding industry. So yeah, there are so many things I think I would want to do differently for us. I, I would focus less on making sure that everybody was having a good time on the dance floor mm -hmm. uh, in terms of friends, our age and work harder on getting our family members up to the dance floor. Yeah. I I pushed our DJ to keep the dance songs coming, the hard like club songs, mm -hmm. uh, because I was, you know, I was just having so much fun. Like I was at a club and I, and I knew that our DJ was kind of like pushing back on me. Like, you know, I think we need a little more Otis Redding and I'm like, no, <laughs> um, I was just on a high. And I, I wish that I had gotten a chance to dance with my brother. I wish that Maria's parents were, you know, on the dance floor more. And that's not because of of them. It's because I, I, I was just like, let's just have this awesome party, right? Which, which we did have. We had our friends, our younger friends in their 20s and 30s. Mm -hmm that we're still currently going to the clubs and dancing to R&B and whatnot out on the dance floor and having fun, we did, we had a great which was time. great, but 
it's this hard, and I don't know, there's no magic pill for this. I wish there was, but there's this weird balance that you have to try to create when you're planning your wedding and, and then participating in your wedding to really engage with everybody mm-hmm. and to have fun and to make sure everybody that there is having fun. But at the same time, that not be your focus because you're the couple that's getting married and you should not give a shit about what is going on other than you having the time of your life. So it's, <laughs> it's this thing of like, how do you do that? Um, how do you create? And I think that that's where the relationship with your vendors comes in even more importantly. I think it's, it's this idea of like discussing and, and then listening to your vendors. They've been doing this for however many years. If a DJ says, well, I've seen in weddings that we need to have a balance of the older generations being able to dance to the songs they like, and then mix in with this, listen to them because they might know a little bit more about what might be best for the actual evening. So I think it all in all, it was a fantastic party and night, but I do know that I remember my mom coming up and saying like, can we slow down some songs or do this? <laughs> the older people can get, not that we had a tremendous amount of older people, but yeah, um, I think that that would be one area. Um, we, we weren't happy with our caterer. Um, things messed up with it. And Kirsten coming from a, a food editorial background, Ooh. um, Food and drink was extremely important to us, and it it kind of flubbed on that night. At the time, I was one of the city's main food editors, Mm -hmm. and I was horrified with what our caterer did, but we did get money back, and I had a review up on Wedding Wire for a very long time (laughs) until uh, Wedding Wire uh, brought it down because... I never got a signed contract from our caterer. We signed it and sent it back, but we never got it back from them signed. So that uh, was why Wedding Wire finally decided to take down my scathing review. Uh, but I, I would still not recommend them. Wow. And, you know, but things are going to go go poorly in some regard. Like, it's just, it's just going to happen. That's what, I mean, that's one thing I do remember is that the couples that married before us that were close friends, or maybe even just random people that we've talked to, had said something will go wrong at your wedding. Don't worry about it. Something will. And I think that that is, it is a good piece of advice because we all try to make this perfect day and it's just okay if it's not, you know, as long as in general people are having a good time. Uh, you know, we've been to a lot of weddings and we've been to weddings where it's been raining and, and, and things, you know, things get accommodated. And as a guest, you don't remember that. You remember the, the nice time you had and the, how the couple looked and if they looked and seemed in love. Um, and then, you know, now us as parents, we got a date night out and enjoying somebody's wedding. You know, that's all people really remember. They don't remember my white belt that might've been too long that I should have not worn, you know, like <laughs> certain things, but, um, yeah, we had, you know, we had little things happen, but I think all in all, it was, a, it was a good day. And I think that's all that really matters. Absolutely. Yeah. It was wonderful. Uh, there, I think, you know, just in terms of things that we would have changed, it was, well, we couldn't have we couldn't have known that this wonderful, wonderfully rated caterer would have let us down. Yeah, no, and I think now we would say, like for me, I don't even think about that. I think we do different food. I think we do different food that maybe was like reflections of our personality, mm-hmm. maybe more, or maybe where we came from, or something right. like that. Some of that kind of personal stuff. I think it'd be more of style wise, like we might do, you know, like you said, a more you know, you might've worn a different dress. I might wear, we might've right. been more casual in certain but we're regards. we're coming up on 10 years. So we have a lot of hindsight. Absolutely. And I think 10 years from now, if we did another wedding next year or a vow renewal at 10 years, and then 10 years from that, we will say the same exact thing. Yeah. So 
I would say on a technical thing that I really wish that we would have sprung for a dance floor. We had it, the reception in a room that was carpeted. Oh yeah, and that's a it lot of electricity like, right there. Yeah, it seemed like a waste of money to, sure. to get a, a, um, a dance floor brought in. But I would highly recommend it now. It felt right. It could have yeah, felt a little more polished. Feel, yeah, polished. Uh, yeah, so we. We did spring for a tent in the case uh, of in a, the event of rain, mm -hmm. and it did not rain, but uh, I think that was, a, was still a wise decision. Mm -hmm. And that's it. I don't yeah. think we really have any, or I don't have any regrets. Hopefully you don't either. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we kind of touched on a, a, a lack of resources for LGBTQ, yeah. LGBT. I don't know why it's so hard. Super gay couples. Super gay couples. A lack of resources, <laughs> as you were planning your wedding way back when. But were there any resources you found that were really helpful to you? Hmm. Well, Maria gave me uh, a wedding book that became my Bible, and I'm looking over to the bookshelf. Uh, let me grab it so that I don't say it right. Yeah, do we still have it? I'm trying to think of any other ones. It's a good um, book if you've held on to it for all this time. I know, yeah, it's even got a, tabs all over it. Is so. it really? Oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah, it's loved. Uh, so, uh, That's a big yeah. old book. Maria got this book for me when, um, when we got engaged. It's Mindy Weiss's book, The Wedding Books the big book for your big day. And it really became my Bible, but you know, and, and it's not Mindy's fault. It's written for the straight couple. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's pretty much everything is. So yeah, absolutely. So it was very much, uh, it was a guide on, on, uh, what, you know, what to do from, you know, from A to Z. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we, you know, we definitely looked at websites like the knot. I got, um, you know, I had a, a, a three ring binder and I tore magazine pictures out left and right that were, you know, within the raspberry and celery palette that I was working <laughs> on. And, and so, and would take those to meetings. Now people just have their Pinterest boards and, mm -hmm. and probably bring their iPads in, right. um, you know, to, uh, oh, no, I still see lots of three ring binders. You did? Oh, okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Right, I good. gave up on binders two years ago, actually. Did you? <laughs> good job i yeah i used to do a binder for every wedding and bring all the contracts that's printed out but now i can access those on my phone if i need to and it's honestly a rare day i need to look at a contract during a wedding so i just come equipped with my phone and a clipboard and everything else is accessible <laughs> on my phone if i really need it that's great yeah, yeah. that's good Yes, unless I'm somewhere where I don't have a good signal, which could be problematic. But oh, that's true. <laughs> oh, I will say on a, um, another thing that I would change is we decided to not write our own vows for yeah. reasons I can't remember. Maybe I think maybe we thought we were nervous. Mm -hmm. I think that was performance anxiety. Yeah, and I, I wish that thing. I wish that we had written them, even though you know we could have flubbed them, we could have cried, but and we still cried. I mean, yeah. we cried repeating um you know what our minister had given us our lesbian minister uh had given us to say but i i wish that we would have done that yeah 
Yeah, someone pointed out to me because my wife and I said the traditional vows because we were married in a in a UU church. Um, someone pointed out to me that there's a lot of um, thousands of years of history behind those <laughs> vows, and that is still relevant to say those as well. So you know, I mean, writing your own vows is beautiful, but also saying the traditional vows to having to hold and all right. death yeah. part. Yeah, you know, I think people can get off course when they write their own vows if they haven't spent much time looking at other vows. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I, what I, one thing I notice a lot is when people are writing their own vows, they tend to be more of a paragraph about why I love you mm-hmm. <laughs> not actually, which is beautiful. I have nothing against paragraphs about why I love you. They certainly belong in weddings. Yeah. But I find that when people write their own vows, they often lack vows. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It's a lot of, I love you for this and you make me feel that and blah, blah, blah. But there, there's a, often a lack of what you're promising. And that's oh. like kind of the point, right? Yeah. Right. Right. I could totally see. That's a good, yeah. It's a good thing to remember. <laughs> Or equally wet, even yeah. to remind people. Right. I mean, it's true. Yeah, we, we we had great vow. I mean, we we had great, simple, different. Yeah. Not the necessary traditional ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we liked what was said, yeah. but it wasn't right. there, customized. There are some, um, right. yeah. you know, officiants who do a fantastic job bringing contemporary vows to a, a, a ceremony. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think so. Yeah, there's nothing that point. says you have to use the same old, same old no. ones. It's just, it's worth considering as you're planning a day to mark the beginning of a life together, what you want that life to include and how you're going to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And right. not just the like, why you're my favorite person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you should be right. telling each other that also every important. day, right? You're my favorite person because you Aww. haven't killed me yet. Or I mean, that's, maybe that's just me and Jesse. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's like at, at our wedding, that was very powerful to tap into the, to the history of that. And just to say those words that have been spoken so many right. millions of other times, I guess. So that was, that was a powerful moment too. So I, I think there's, there are lots of reasons to go any direction and it's uh, absolutely mm-hmm. no and it's interesting I mean tapping into that power so Marie and I got married in June 2009 but then we went to New York in August 2011 two months after they passed marriage equality mm-hmm. we got legally married up there oh, cool and it was uh tapping into that historic uh tradition of of marriage in the legal sense mm-hmm. was incredibly powerful yeah right yeah it was yeah we felt validated all of a sudden like you know Mm -hmm. like we no I felt the same way I I when I got married I had a totally illegal ceremony in (laughs) in Chicago and it was it was only two weeks between that and our legal wedding we went to Boston for our honeymoon slash wedding part two and um I cried at the second one I didn't cry at the first one (laughs) I cried when she was like Commonwealth of Massachusetts, blah blah blah. Right, exactly. Oh, that part, right. exactly. I oh, did. I was real, like I'm part of a- the guy, um, the uh, the man who married us in, um, in New York. He was saying, you know, by the by the great state of New York, it was, yeah, it was right I in Manhattan, know, was and like he had an sobbing. accent and everything. It, it was, was great. It was great. Yeah. yeah. And then we just recently, a few weeks ago, went to um, another LGBT wedding um, here in Georgia, and it was the first time, which is strange to say, but the first time, I guess, it was right. That we went to um, a, a gay wedding in Georgia where it's legally recognized mm-hmm. nationwide and that the minister was actually able to say that. Yes. Say it at the end. Not that specifically, but whatever the line is. Right. By the power of me invested with the state of Georgia or something like mm-hmm. that. 
we're like, oh God, you know, like, like we don't take that yeah. for granted. We, we, yeah, we don't take it for granted. And so I think right. that's why it's still that powerful yeah. even oh, now. Yes. Yeah. When yeah. we're sitting there and as, we were, as guests. I think we were the only lesbian um, or LGBTQ couple. We were the only LGBTQ couple in the um, audience. And I think it, I mean, I would think that that moment probably hit us stronger than it hit anybody, anybody else. else. Absolutely. Uh, because we have been to, you know, <clears throat> multiple weddings in Georgia uh, and, and several, um, LGBTQ weddings, but never having heard that those words. And it was, it was, I'm going to get emotional right now. It was, <laughs> it's powerful, isn't it? It's, you know, it really yeah, it's very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. It was great. Yeah. Like they, they went and got a marriage certificate before their wedding. Like Maria, yeah. Maria made one for us. Graphic <laughs> <laughs> and our our minister yeah we have our um, new york one but yeah, yeah we, we have our did, georgia you know, one <laughs> but i was um, adamant that nobody call our wedding a commitment ceremony i mm-hmm. i really loathe that word i feel like it's kind of a, a separate water fountain yes. kind of issue it me. absolutely is and um and so when when we when we launched equally wed there were six states that offered marriage equality and now it's a federal reality but during leading up to that time, you know, I uh, made sure that we only referred to weddings. Let's see. Uh, how did I? I don't know what you're trying to. Um, I would say that the that their marriages were or were not legally recognized, mm-hmm. rather than not weddings or illegal or just civil unions. It's, you know, because honestly, there, you know, long, 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 long time ago, weddings had nothing to do with being legally sanctioned. Then they were sanctioned by the church mm-hmm. or they were, or they were pagan ceremonies, but they were, they're just weddings. They're not, I mean, you know, if you get a government support on it, that's fantastic. And obviously it's very meaningful, but it's not. Yeah. The government used to not, not be involved in that stuff at all. That was strictly a church thing. And people, if they were members of a church, they were married. And if they were not members of the church, they just lived together and nobody yeah. worried about it. And that was the end of it. Right. But at some point the churches right. wanted some, some uh, acknowledgement and the government got involved. And I think that's where everything went a little bit sideways. Yeah, well, it's because mo- mostly because churches still want to to you know have control over something that they've they've essentially given away to the, to the government. You know, and it's like you can't have it back. No, sorry, right? It's ours now. Right? No? Yeah, absolutely. Good point. <laughs> so let's see, where are we in this thing, Cindy? Um, we're at a question which I feel like you've already totally answered which is what advice would you give to LGBTQ couples who are planning their weddings now? I feel like you've already given us quite a bit. Well, yeah, but But is there anything you want to add? Yeah. Oh gosh, it's got to be brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) It must be brilliant. No pressure. I feel like uh, for our younger LGBTQ folks, now that marriage equality is a reality, don't rush. Don't I mean don't rush into it even though we can. In 2015, when marriage equality became a federal reality, we started getting so many proposal submissions from young folks. Mm-hmm. And and you know, if you're ready, amazing. But marriage is is such a commitment and weddings are a fun, fun, fun big party. But following that, you have to be married to that person and 
It's a takes Good thing we're not on video. But you know, I just uh, I really think that the closer you get to thirty, the better the chances are that you choose somebody who you may be compatible with for the rest of your life mm -hmm. versus who you might choose in your early twenties. Because if I'd married who I was dating when I was 20 or 21, then. Oh, that's so bad. No, let's not go there. It would be, yeah, so it's, a, it's not a pretty picture. <laughs> and I apologize to that person if they're listening, but <laughs> it wouldn't work out. We all know the truth here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that would be one of my, one piece of it. Yeah. But in related, you know, in relation to people, that's a whole like therapy session. Okay. All right. It's not equal <laughs> therapy. <laughs> Okay. Scratch that, um, <laughs> oh, no, but in regards uh, to weddings, it's you know, it's make it unique. Do do whatever you want, mm -hmm. um, uh, keeping traditions or not, and don't let anybody define that. I think that that's the biggest thing. I think even in our community, don't let anybody define that. That's if true. you are an extremely butch woman and you want to wear a dress or carry a bouquet or whatever, do on that day what you want to do yeah. and what makes you feel good in your skin in that moment, marrying the person you love. Um, because you're going to look back on that and, and, and love the authentic authenticity that you gave yourself too, I think, which is, I think, extremely important when it comes to when you're talking about weddings and love. So that's beautiful. Oh, that really is actually. <laughs> yeah. Please delete my advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better wait. <laughs> you guys are solid today. That's good stuff. Um, <laughs> I think poor Cindy's still in in muted land. <laughs> so the lawn people just came and they're like very loudly mowing my lawn right now. I thought that was a lawnmower. And they came right by my window. So that's what you heard. Mm -hmm. I think they might be done with this section now, but I'll mute again if they come around. Okay. Um, also, I would say that I am a strong believer in itineraries mm -hmm. and make sure that your vendors all have the same copy of that. Oh, that would be so cool. It never happens. No. <laughs> you know can help no. with something like that? <laughs> hey, <laughs> wedding planner. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I have this I thing with DJs yeah, at weddings because I like, I run up to the DJ and I'm like, I've got this, this, and this. He's like, no, actually. <laughs> I'm like, oh, whatever. I'll just do what you tell me to do. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, the wedding planner. We did not have a wedding planner. And I don't think we necessarily needed one throughout the whole course of our planning. Um, but day of wedding planner, I would highly recommend. Yeah. You want to be able to relax, have a glass of whatever you want to have, um, and enjoy the day and have somebody else have the burden and the clipboard. And we did not have that. And I would definitely do, if you at a minimum, do the day of. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. And I think I, you know, I definitely see the benefit of doing one. I mean, having a wedding planner throughout. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But having no knowledge of, of what that looked like prior, I, you know, we, because I think also because we are LGBTQ and we just didn't have that many friends who had gone and gone and gotten married and, and we didn't have that many people to ask what they did. Uh, right. You know, and so it was, and, and, you know, back in our parents' day, they, they had a church at the cake. I mean, I'm sorry, they had a cake at the church and, and that was it, you know, and, and we, so we didn't have a lot of people to ask what, what to do. And, and again, you know, we didn't have an equally wed and we were, we were kind of at, um, at a loss for some of those things. So had we known what we know now, I would definitely have tried to budget in for a wedding planner. Yeah. 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 And just 
to point out for people who are listening, I might not know if, you know, when you hire a wedding planner to coordinate or manage your wedding day, that typically means they're going to start working with you at least a month before your wedding, often several months before your wedding. And in almost every case, they're going to let you fire questions at them via phone and email from the minute you hire them. So even if you don't have it in the budget for a full full service planner to help you with all the planning parts of it, hiring your coordinator early on gives you access to wedding planner brain for the duration. So when you have those questions or you don't know how to schedule a shuttle bus from the hotel or whatever it is, you have someone who literally does it for a living that you can ask. So if that's something you're considering and budgeting for, do that early. As soon as you have a date and a venue, get that person on board and then you will have that resource as you plan. Absolutely. I think, yeah, great points. And I, and also if you can go earlier than that and go full force with a, um, a full on wedding planner, if you do it 12 months or 18 months out, then, then your, your wedding planner is going to be able to tell you, uh, know that you, that idea that you have for that particular venue is not going to work. I've done five weddings at that venue and here's what I see possible or, Oh, have you thought about this, this, and this? And you know, if we're going to do it that way, then this other florist may have um, been a better choice, but, Oh, you're, you called me two months before the wedding. So <laughs> you're locked into that contract. We, I wish we could have started working together last year. I could have saved you a ton of money, you know, all kinds of different things. If those wedding planners, they, they really know what they're talking about. And I, I just didn't have any idea back in 2009. Yeah. And most people don't. Yeah. 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 Sure. Like, Super normal. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, and you know, it it's usually your first wedding when you're planning one, and uh, um, and if it's your second, you probably care way way less about all the details. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We should do like a, a show about second weddings. That's a totally different vibe. Well, and there yeah. are so many LGBTQ people who um, who are getting uh, married for the second time. Mm-hmm. First first time got married to, you know. Uh, the boyfriend or girlfriend that their parents wanted them to marry. Yeah. And and right. now they're having the wedding of their dreams. Right. So here's your chance to do a couple things. Okay. First, let's talk about um, local vendors that you used, that you loved, that you want to give like some praise to. And then also I want you to do a, even though we're not doing an official equally wed uh, show right now, I want you to give a shout out to equally wed too. Okay. Okay. Vendors. <laughs> um, oh, I was going to see if I get any. Um, oh, yeah, we get that. Uh, for vendors that we loved, vendors who we loved, uh, our. Video, so what do you want this for? Oh, because whenever I say the title of my book, I screw it up. <laughs> you screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like it's like the fir- it's our first time meeting every time. Uh, so. For our wedding vendors, we really lucked up. You know, uh, our photographers were our labor of love. Oh and my God, they're so amazing. Yeah. They've gotten a lot larger, I think, since since uh, we so had many them. associates, you're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because when we got married, we had the founders, mm-hmm. Jesse and Whitney. Yeah. And they photographed our wedding so gorgeously. And not only did they photograph it so gorgeously, we never even saw them, mm-hmm. you know, it was, they were sly, they were on the floor, <laughs> like it was, uh, they just did an amazing job, and they were wonderful to work for, work with from start to finish, they 
Um, you know, they had bride and groove on their contracts. No offense to them. You know, that's what people used to do and what I hope everybody will stop doing. But at the time, Maria uh, felt, didn't really feel um, a kinship with the word groom or bride. Mm -hmm. And so she decided that she'd like to be called broom uh, as a kind of a shortened version of bridegroom. And, mm -hmm. and uh, Jesse and Whitney you just scratch off groom on all of their contracts and wrote broom. And nice. uh, they were just very embracing of us. So uh, they were wonderful. And then our florist adaptation flowers was incredible. Liz Gedmanson is just, she remains a, a dear friend of this day and somebody that we hire for all of our flower needs. She's in the Highlands. I'm sorry, she's in Old in, in Park. In, in Park. Park. Yes. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. Um, a smaller operation, but running as if they're a big, big team, right? I mean, she still identifies as a smaller. She does. Would she right? like that description? I have no idea. Okay. Well, I think what I, I think what I'm trying to say is that you're still going to get the personal touch with her. Mm -hmm. She's going to sit down with you, discuss it, mm -hmm. go over things. If you're saying you want a particular flower um, that may be right at the end of the season and hard to get, she'll say, "Well, let me go. Let me go talk to my people, and mm -hmm. and we'll figure out if I'm able to do that. If not, here are three other options that look very similar to that that we might be able to do. So mm -hmm. I think we had some ideas in mind, but really went in there open to anything because flowers are just fantastic in general so why mm -hmm. we were super particular I don't think you even had any well I did have specific peonies, ones. peonies and I said I wanted peonies but I know they're expensive and she said not in June <laughs> uh, so, yeah it was it was wonderful uh but yeah absolutely she she knows she's her great. stuff she's and great yeah with so tons sweet. of ideas and and ways to incorporate other things you might not even be thinking of um mm -hmm. since Kirsten's father passed away just eight months before we wanted to make sure that we honored him in certain ways so we had a chair open and she said that she could do a custom pillow with these Dusty Miller leaves on it that could sit in his space. Um, and, and his bounier was pinned his to it. Bounier put, so it was just all these fantastic ideas of ways that we could, you know, simple ways that stayed within budget that we could frame where we were going to stand at the altar, things like that. So mm -hmm. she's, yeah, she's fantastic. She's great. And, and her company is great. Mm -hmm. And she's a huge uh, advocate for LGBTQ rights. And yes. that really mattered to us. Uh, our cake, um, our wedding cake was, it was fine. It was from the caterer. But our one thing that we did that was in, interesting and different, we instead of a groom's cake, I did a broom's cake for Maria. Mm -hmm. We hired uh, a cake artist from a local bakery, Highland Bakery. Her name is Karen Portolio. At the time, she was doing incredible work, but now she's worldwide oh, wow. known. And, and she, uh, because Maria is, a, her astrological sign is a cancer, and she's kind of crabby. I, um, I had call it out, right? Um, I had I had uh, Karen um, do uh, a crab cake, and it was incredible. In fact, if if you need if you're running any photos with this show, oh yes, please, yeah. It was gorgeous. It's really gorgeous, and and um, and so uh, as I as the we brought it out, I made an announcement on the microphone about, you know, how I vowed to, you know, put up with Maria's crabby ways, and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, but there, that is love that right there. Yeah, so, <laughs> it was fun. It, it made, it made for a fun moment in yeah. the reception and, and uh, but Karen did an incredible job on that. And so um, she's really probably not available for custom work anymore. Yeah, but I think Highland Bakery is still doing, yeah. probably doing wedding mm -hmm. cakes or 
any type of reception cakes, right. shower yeah. cakes. Absolutely. And, uh, um, our DJ, I don't, he's still, I don't know if he's doing weddings, Yep. but Mike Zarin, okay. um, the local DJ mm-hmm. here. And, uh, at that time he was doing weddings and he was wonderful to work with. He was. And then the Mary Gay house is a wonderful venue mm-hmm. and they're run by the junior league. So it's a nonprofit and you can feel good about where your money's going. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Now there's just I mean, other. Yeah, there's a few. I we, think that's We went it. to the W. Is it still the W down there? Or is it something else? W Midtown. The hotel? The W? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the W Midtown. Uh, yeah, we yeah. did our after party there. And then our the night before, Kirsten stayed there with her attendee. Um, She's my maid of honor. Okay. I don't yeah. know if you want to class. Um, and then we stayed there that night. And they were fantastic um, in regards to being, obviously, right in Midtown Atlanta. But they were. And wonderful to have our space. celebration afterwards yeah. with and to just for our, our wedding suite uh, as well they had a tiny little cake and um champagne set out for us mm-hmm. um so the hotel was very welcoming and, and wonderful for our after celebrations oh and another one it was um max sanchez he owns the white salon mm-hmm. he did my hair of just he just did an extraordinary job with my hair which i i have the worst hair and <laughs> it's it's fine. It's limp. It's ridiculous. And I, I wish, I almost wish that I was bald, but Stop. it would grow back. <laughs> and, you know, I, I never know what to do with it. Anyway, he made it look magnificent that day. And he has, um, he has makeup artists come in as well. And so uh, I got my hair and makeup done with Max at White Salon and it was incredible. I was really appreciative of, um, him in terms of making making me look uh, as beautiful as I wanted to uh, feel. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. So that's an amazing list of vendors. Thank you. Oh, oh good. Yeah, yeah. They're our favorites. Um, and it's, oh, in terms of Equally Wed, uh, so I'm just going to give you a long sound bite and you can sh- shut that shit down whenever you need to. <laughs> no, give it to us. We need all of it. Uh, <laughs> Maria and I launched Equally Wed in March 2010 to offer the LGBTQ community what we wish we would have had when we were planning our own wedding. We teamed up with uh, our sets of talents in terms of editorial and writing, design and web development to create an online portal with inspiration for LGBTQ weddings, engagements, as well as offering information on where it's safe to travel for your honeymoon, where you don't have to worry about getting arrested for holding hands on the street, uh, where if you, if one of you, God forbid, something happened to you on the honeymoon, that the government wouldn't seize your partner's body uh, and not let you bring it home. This has happened. I'm, I'm not making it up. Wow. Uh, um, because the government did not sanction your relationship. Uh, we wanted to offer a wide variety of wedding vendors who are not only okay with your LGBTQ wedding, but are enthusiastic supporters and can't wait to celebrate your love and see your love as absolutely valid and not just a dollar sign. I also am the author of a wedding planning book uh, that is the first gender neutral wedding planning book. It's specifically geared for LGBTQ couples. It's called Equally Wed, The Ultimate Guide to Planning Your LGBTQ Plus Wedding. And the forward is by Lance Bass and his husband, Michael Turchin. Oh, cool. And it's been 
Um, it's been well received. Carly Roney, the founder of The Knot, she wrote the blurb for the front of the book. We have a really nice relationship with The Knot and other wedding media leaders out there as, um, as the eight years of publishing of Equally Wed, uh, we've, or throughout the eight years of publishing Equally Wed, we've, we've found our footing within the wedding industry and, and really enjoyed helping elevate the wedding industry as a whole, becoming more equality minded. When we first started, there were six states that offered marriage equality, and now it's a federal reality. And originally, our, our, our mission was twofold, to give couples what we wanted, but also to um, propel the movement forward for marriage equality. We felt like if straight people saw what our weddings looked like, that they were not just assless chaps and rainbow flags, that Not we had something anything wrong with that. Those Absolutely. are awesome, but <laughs> we, we should have had more of that. But, uh, but that we, if people saw that it was just true love happening mm -hmm. at the altar or the huppa and that, um, and other than that, there's not, you know, a single difference except for the homophobia and transphobia that we encounter when we're playing our weddings. But other than that, there really is no significant difference. And if our straight community saw that our love was absolutely valid and, and significant, then they would vote for our rights that, and noting that we are no less than them. Yeah. And now here we are with federal marriage equality. Our mission is continues to be to provide a safe and welcoming space for LGBTQ people planning their weddings, but also to um, start elevating the wedding industry as a whole with education and so we've launched Equally Wed Pro, where we're rolling out a certification program to teach members of the wedding industry how to be more equality-minded and, and how to be more inclusive in contracts and, and things to consider when you're wanting to work with LGBTQ couples and, and how to attract more. That's wonderful. We're going to include links in our show notes to all these okay. um all the vendors you've missed it, uh, listed, excuse me, as well as Equally Weds, everything. Now, you, and you guys have social media. Uh, I know I follow you on Facebook and all that. So we'll make sure all those links are in there for everyone to find. That. Yeah. That's great. Um, cool. Cindy's gone again. Lawnmower. <laughs> We're going to give her a second to come. There she is. They're almost done, but they're now do, so they we're on the side of the house. Before, I'm in the corner of the house. They were on the side of the house before. Now they're on the back of the house and they're about to do the lap. That's right in front of oh, my window. All I think. we need to do now is the, is the wrap. So it sounds, <laughs> uh, it sounds okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Kirsten and Maria and congratulations on what is it? 14 years together and nine years of marriage. Yes. Ooh. Thank you. It's a good long run. Yeah, you guys seem <laughs> to still like each other and stuff. That's good. <laughs> we do. We um we're married and we work together. That's hard, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And, and we're parents that. together. We have twin seven year olds. Oh yeah. seven. That's like the most coolest age though. I love seven. Not as <laughs> much as I love four or twenty, because they move out, but um seven <laughs> <parents. laughs> That's true. If you're lucky. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our fucking podcast. Now's the part where we tell you who makes this podcast possible and ask you to help more people find us. The Supergate Wedding Podcast is brought to you by Catalyst Wedding Co. 
Love, Weddings, and Marriage for Feminists, the LGBTQ plus community, and woke folk. Find them at CatalystWedco.com. And also by Choose Your Own Wedding, the world's first wedding planning subscription. It's everything you need to plan a great wedding at an affordable monthly price. Sign up at chooseyourown.wedding for a complete online wedding planning course to guide you through every step of wedding planning with video lessons, worksheets, spreadsheets, and professional templates. You'll also get personal on-demand planning support from a professional wedding planner, that's me, in our private Facebook community and instant answers on our monthly live planning calls. Enter the code SUPERGAY at checkout to get your first week free. Check out all the details and subscribe now at chooseyourown.wedding. If you like our show, please share it with your friends, subscribe, and take a minute to leave us a review. You can find Super Gay Wedding on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about Super Gay Wedding, be on the show, or tell us what we should talk about next, check us out at supergaywedding.com. Find us at facebook.com slash supergaywedding. Or email us at supergaywedding at gmail.com. And if you need a bomb-ass wedding planner who totally has our shit together and is wicked competent, you need to check out Cindy's website at islelesstraveled.com. And if you need a destination photographer who's not afraid to get her camera dirty capturing your wedding adventure, then you should get your ass over to amandasummerlin.com. And by the way, if you hire us both, we're going to give you a 5% discount. Because we're fucking awesome. And we love working together. And we will rock your super gay wedding. Fuck yeah. Woo! Nailed that shit. Like for real. Yeah.